Welcome to IAQ Radio, the voice of the indoor air quality industry. Yes, the rules have changed. from and welcome to indoor air quality radio iaq radio for friday october 12th 2012 we're up to episode 259 cliff comes to you this week from studio c it's a reunion at studio c the z-man and val here in studio c with me my name is radio joe hughes and here with us in the studio is the z-man cliff zlotnick um, well, welcome back to Studio C. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Good to be back. And at the controls, our engineer, Roxy V, Val Bender. Hello. Hello. Yeah. All right. Joining us a little later in the show will be our technical director, Dr. Dietrich Wow. Today's segments include, of course, our radio trivia question. We'll have an interview. We're going to talk a little social media with John Lapotere and Paul Cochran. We're going to have our halftime as usual. We'll go to the roundup, and we'll see if we get. It. If we have a little extra time, I'd like to talk to John about uh, the transition from consult contracting to consulting. But anyway, before we get started, let's thank our marquee sponsors: Net Claims Now, providing insurance billing services for the restoration industry for fire, water, mold, and reconstruction billing. Learn more about them at www.netclaimsnow.com. Indoor Environment Connections, the newspaper for the IAQ industry. Subscriptions and advertising information are available at ieconnections.com. John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at www.johndon.com. Clean Facts and Cleaning and Maintenance Management Magazine, your source for cleaning and maintenance news. Visit them at clean, C-L-E-A-N-F-A-X.com and cmmonline.com. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IEQ Radio when you inquire about their services and products. All right. To join us live, just go to the iaqradio.com website and click on the button that says go to show, and then you can choose which way you want to join. You can either download the TalkShoe software or join as a guest. And, of course, we have um, renewal credits for ACAC, IICRC, and ABIH. Just email me at joe.hughes at iaqtraining.com. We'll get you out some quizzes. Last but not least, please visit the IAQ Training Institute website for the most current dates for the training you trust at iaqtraining.com. Let's turn it over to the Z-Man for today's IAQ Radio trivia question. Thanks, Joe.
Won a cool prize by outcompeting fellow IAQ Radio listeners and being the first person to correctly answer the IAQ Radio trivia question each week. Submitting your answer is very easy. Email it to czlotnick at cs.com. Or if you're listening to the show live via your computer, you can text in your answer. I'm sorry to report no one successfully answered last week's IAQ Radio trivia question. The IQ Radio trivia question for Friday, October 12, 2012, has been sponsored by Triska, the Tri-State Restorers and Specialty Cleaners Association, who have been serving the needs of and advocating for their members for over 30 years. Remember, Triska is your source to industry training, certification, standards, and events. Check out their new electronic membership category at their website, trsca.org. Now for this week's trivia question. With over 65 million fans, which page has the most Facebook fans? Back to you, Joe. All right, Cliff. Let's see. We've got, I've got two intros to do. One is Paul Cochran. Paul is well-known throughout the IAQ industry as a veteran in the marketing and public relations areas. About seven years ago, he founded Cochran & Associates, the only marketing firm in the industry that specializes in helping indoor air quality service and product providers. About three years ago, he founded the IAQ Video Network, a video production company and online portal for videos dealing with indoor air quality, HVAC, infectious disease, industrial hygiene, and general environmental issues. Great to have Paul back. We've also got John Lapoterre. He is a building envelope and indoor environmental consultant who's been providing indoor air quality consultation, both at commercial and residential properties, primarily in the Florida area. He's a Florida-licensed mold assessor, radon measurement technician, got a bunch of other certifications, and he specializes in building forensics. Uh, well, great to have both of you on the show. I think we've got music, right, Val? We've got to do social media music. Well, I saw you first in a Starbucks cafe, leeching off the free Wi-Fi. I knew then and there that a gift like you was rare, so I made a move online. Yeah, Twitter too much, won't tweet me back, won't even return my poll. It's all such a drag, cause my audience has now been flagged. Darling, this ain't no joke I've been on YouTube, YouTube all week Got analytics Cause I'm a geek uh, You remind me of, I, I was just came, I was in St. Louis But I was with a couple guys from West Virginia Including Danny Hunt So that reminds me of those guys there <laughs> That was a good one Alright, let's get the guys on the line Let's see, Paul, do we have you? Yep, you sure do. Well, Hello, Paul, Joe. thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming back. We appreciate uh, always having you on the show, talking a little social media today. And do we have Mr. John Lapater? John? Yes, sir. I'm great. here. Hey, John, welcome. I know it's great to have you. I think first time uh, as a guest, but um, we've we've had you on. You're, you're a longtime friend of the show, and uh, <laughs> we right. really appreciate that. Uh, and a frequent winner of the IAQ Radio That's Trivia true. Question. Hey, guys, I, you know, I picked you two guys out for this because, um, well, John, you, you've started a bunch of these LinkedIn groups, and I know you and I talk a lot about that, and you do a lot of social media. And then, Paul, I know you 
assist companies with developing their marketing plans and part of that is this whole social media thing so let's let's start paul with you and and maybe you could just explain for listeners what what's your definition of social media well you know social media is really you know any interactive platforms kind of via which individuals or communities can create and share user generated content so uh, there's really, I mean, under under social media, you have a lot of the big names that we're all familiar with: Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and and the list goes on and on. But it's it's really it's a it's one of, in my opinion, one of the greatest uses of the internet. I, you know, it's been tough to pick. I mean, I don't know, John. You seem to be a LinkedIn fan. Can you tell people a little bit about? What got you interested in the whole LinkedIn phenomenon? Maybe explain what it is first, and then what got you so involved with it. Sure. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. Sound great. Okay. Great. Um, you know, LinkedIn is—it's uh, a great networking program for uh, professionals. What started me in it was uh, in the mid two thousands when I was trying to keep track of all of the people that I work with. And a lot of uh, my clients were changing places. The, the world of employment changed drastically in my world of um, primarily construction. And uh, I needed a way to try and help me keep you know, touch with all of these people. So I, I launched uh, into uh, LinkedIn. I started getting all of my clients uh, to join LinkedIn. And it ended up being an excellent way of keeping track of them regardless of where they went. Not to mention the fact that if I was going to refer someone to a client, I could simply send them to LinkedIn and they could see their professional profile. They can see their work history. Um, and there was also that little area um, that was very not used as often as it could have been, which was the groups. So I thought, well, this is great. Um, I've always been a fan of trying to get the different um, associations together. I still think that we have about 100 too many industry groups out there, all nonprofits, of course, uh, not one of them self-serving, I'm sure. No, no. <laughs> and I wanted, to, I wanted to try and get them to communicate. Um, as a member of several different associations, I, I could firsthand tell you that a lot of them didn't either know about each other or communicate. I, I wanted to try and create an area on LinkedIn where these guys could actually communicate, and it's worked out very, very well over the years. Uh, let me... Paul, let me go back with you for a minute on the whole LinkedIn thing and, and see if uh, if my impression and yours uh, kind of match up. LinkedIn, to me, is kind of like a combination Facebook and the old chat rooms that people used to kind of participate in. You'd have these groups of people participating in chat rooms. But I think it's a little more than that, too. Can you maybe explain for listeners, you know, what what all uh, besides the groups and the chat room part and the fact that you kind of have this, as John explained this, like almost like a resume up on the, up on the internet and it's a professional group. What other components are we leaving out here? Well, you know, I I think you guys hit the main points right there. And and without a doubt, you know, LinkedIn is basically like you said there, it's a place to have your, your resume and who you are and what you're all about up there Um, from a, you know, marketing perspective, what I find the most useful about LinkedIn are the groups. Um, you know, if you have a product, a service, an educational tool, anything like that, that you've developed and it's, you know, those things are usually geared for, you know, specific targets or segments of, of uh, markets to go after. I mean, almost for sure you can find a group out there, whether it's a professional group 
or, you know, put on from an association or a certifying body or, or what have you that is interested in that topic. So, I mean, it's a great place that if you've, you want to get the word out on something to, you know, quickly, efficiently, and basically for free, get your message out to, you know, hundreds if not thousands or tens of thousands of people, you know, in a matter of seconds. I want to follow up on that, but let me let Cliff get one in here first. Well, I actually have a two-part question. Uh, it's how old really is social media, and is anyone credited for inventing it? <laughs> well, it let me take a stab at that. I mean, if you subscribe to the belief that Al Gore invented the Internet, then let's give him credit. Um, <laughs> if you don't, then, you know, I personally would give uh, Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook credit, not necessarily for being the first one, but for being the first one to make it mainstream and really make it a tool that we're, we're all using, or most of us are using, I should say. And, what, and approximately what year would, would that have been, Paul? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know that off the top of my head. Do you know, John? Yeah, you know, it's it's probably older than most people realize. Uh, for example, Facebook, 2004, but Angie's List, 1999, LinkedIn, 2002, YouTube, 05, um, SlideShare, if you're familiar with that, is 06, and then WordPress uh, started popularizing uh, your personal um, blogs as early as 2003. Hmm. So I... A lot of people are catching on to it recently, but a lot of this has been around for, for quite some time. You say LinkedIn was 2002? Did I catch that right? Yep. Wow. Yeah, 2002. But it really started to catch fire here in the last, I don't know, three years maybe? Yeah, probably the last two or three years. Um, and what's made it catch on, like Paul said, is the, the expanding of the groups, more and more usage of the groups and Companies are starting their own groups. So where before you would have an association that might have a group, um, now you actually have companies that have their own groups, and they can actually communicate and keep track of people in their own group on LinkedIn. It's, uh, it's really come a long ways. I'm, I'm very happy with LinkedIn. I think it works very well for me. Yeah, I would say, you know, from my personal point of view, I really wasn't using LinkedIn much, I'd say, before four years ago. Um, I'm now, today, I'm on LinkedIn every single day, either for myself or for one of my clients. You know, would both of you kind of agree that some of the other chat rooms that used to exist have kind of suffered as a result of the popularity of the LinkedIn groups? I would, I personally would agree with that. And I personally have stopped using some of the other discussion groups because, in my opinion, the LinkedIn groups have surpassed them. And a lot of them have the same members. And LinkedIn's just such a user friendly tool. Um, I, you know, I think they've done a great job with how they've set it up versus yeah, the old fashioned chat rooms. Yeah, the other thing is there's no anonymity involved in LinkedIn. In some of the other chat groups, uh, dust up could get fairly ugly because there was no way of knowing who you were talking with unless you knew them individually. And some people were still, you know, using, you know, login names and usernames and not representing themselves for who they are. You have less of that, even though it still happens in LinkedIn. You have less of it in LinkedIn. And if you're, you know, a, a conscientious user of the LinkedIn groups, you can actually look at somebody's profile before you step on your, your tongue when you speak about someone. So it's always a good idea to know who you're talking with. And I think one of the things that makes LinkedIn popular is you can know who you're talking about and what their background is. 
That's a great point. I mean, I, I didn't even think about that, John, until you yeah, said that. My my experience, as the oldest guy, at least in this room here, uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my experience was, was really frustrating. I, I was reluctant to get involved with LinkedIn or Facebook, and actually a business colleague of mine kind of insisted that I join a group because he wanted to have this, this private LinkedIn group. So I, I did it. And I went on. I followed the instructions and next thing i know all of a sudden i'm sending invitation you know the system automatically begins <laughs> sending invitations to all these people who i've ever sent emails to and uh you know i really think that they should tell you like what's going to happen that you know and he said well you could have bypassed that screen well like no one told me i could bypass the screen you know it's a little it's a little late now and uh but you know, in any event, I, I got to go into the rest of that one in a little bit. I mean, that's part of the problem is that you have people running these groups too, who just I, they just somebody that started a group, you know, and they're good at promoting their group, and they may or may not have the most uh, I don't know the best ethics in the world or whatever. It's fu it's fascinating, but like John said, at least you can look it up and go, okay, this person made this comment, and you can look at their profile and go, oh, well, he's. Actually, got a pretty good background. Maybe yeah, I don't want to maybe, tangle yeah, with. Him. Maybe he's got a point. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Paul, did you have a comment on that? No, no, I would totally agree with that. Though, I, I, in general, I think the the discussions on the LinkedIn groups are much more civil and professional than than uh, some of the other listserv type groups I've been in, involved with in the past. I don't know. I just got kicked off one, man. <laughs> I was in shock. <laughs> and he didn't even do anything wrong. I didn't, do, do, anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I got, that's what burns me. I'm like, who's this guy? You know, yeah. throwing me off his group. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, who died and left you in charge? Yeah. But, uh, you know, these, these, uh, these things Yeah, happen. the LinkedIn groups are definitely not a democracy. They're definitely a sole proprietorship, and they're run like a little dictatorship. Um what, what I try to do with the LinkedIn groups that I've started um, is try to encourage multiple managers with multiple points of view. Um, nobody is always going to be right. That's just not possible in our industry. Um, I seek out different people for different information. Um, I call you guys a lot. I've been calling Cliff longer than I've known Joe. Um, but in these LinkedIn groups, sometimes a group owner will believe wholeheartedly in one aspect of something. And in the LinkedIn groups, when you're a moderator, you have to remember that even if you don't agree with someone, they, they still have a legitimate point of view. Uh, as long as they present it professionally and they're not bashing something, someone, or another organization, um, I say, let's hear it. But uh, I strongly discourage the open bashing of people, products, and organizations in the groups. It's tough. I th and let me go back to another thing. Uh, Paul, Facebook. I mean, we, everybody's familiar with Facebook, you know, and I have a, we have an IAQ Radio Facebook page, right, Val? I'm just checking on it. Okay. <laughs> Joy, like us. Hey, we actually had a Twitter account. Yeah, we have a Twitter account, too, which but, was... But, but I've never... Uh, we haven't done anything with it. We'll work on that one next, all right? I, but like us on IAQ Radio, please. IAQ Radio program, right? I, I think yeah. I got it. All right, thank you, Val. But anyway, should... Should every company have a Facebook page, Paul, or is that you know something that you know you look at individually? 
Um, you know, if you want a blanket statement, I'm going to say yes. I mean, it was just uh, what earlier this week or last week that Facebook announced that they had hit 1 billion active users. So if you're not having either a Facebook group or a Facebook page, you know, why? I mean, you have access potentially to a billion people that are on there. Uh, you know, the process doesn't take long. You can get a basic page set up in five minutes or so. Uh, it's free. So I think you're crazy to not. Now, once you're on there, we have one, okay? And I, you know, we've been a little busy here lately trying to do a few things. But uh, how do I get, how do I make the best use of it? I mean, I we do post something new every week, I believe, at least the show announcement. Because I think when yeah, we well, do... Well, the, I mean, Basically, that's the first step. Um, you know, if I can give a little uh, background history from what I do, you know, helping other companies, uh, it's very frequent where I will get a new client on board and I'll ask them, okay, so are you using social media? And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, we have a you know, Twitter account, Facebook account, and what have you. And, you know, I'll start doing some work with them. You know, I'll get their logins and what have you, so I can go in and check out what they've been doing. And, you know, here they will have told me, yes, we're doing it. And what I can tell you seven out of ten times is the case is, yes, okay, they signed up for an account with these various social media outlets, you know, seven, 12 months ago, and they posted two things on there. And in their mind, they're active on social media. So, you know, what you were saying that you're at least posting something once a week there, that's great. I mean, that to me is the minimum of what you should be doing is posting something once a week. Yeah, and people often wonder, okay, well, what am I going to post on there? Well, you know, there's a ton of things. You've got to be sometimes a little bit creative, but... You know, think about it, you know, is there a promotion that's going on within the company or organization, a, a sale? Is the company going to be at a trade show or speaking somewhere? Um, there's a, is there a press release that's gone out, which is a whole different topic, but press releases make for perfect content for social media. Um, but so, so if you're going to do social media, which you really you have to be doing it, if you're not doing it, I can guarantee you most of your competitors are doing it. But when you do do it, you know, at least post something once a week. And it does not have to be a big time-consuming effort. You know, I know a woman, she's 40 years old, she's a wife, she's a mother, she works a full-time job, and she puts everything that happens in her life on <laughs> Facebook. I mean, I get all these contacts from her, it drives me crazy. I think she's nuts. What, what do you think? Uh, I mean, me personally, I'm not, you know, I have a Facebook page for me personally. Uh, you know, I post something on there probably every week or two or so, you know, usually I've had some fun pictures of some event or what have you. Um, you know, I think there's certainly people that kind of go to the extreme on it, but, you know, the beauty of it is, is you don't have to pay attention to it if you don't want to. Uh, from a business perspective on social media um, and Facebook, um, you definitely should be using it. Um, it's just, it's, it's a it's one of the best tools for connecting with people potentially when you're not spending any money. All you're doing is spending your time, and it doesn't have to be a lot of time. That is important. You're not spending money. Now, let me ask you this, Paul. Do you have, I guess you have a personal Facebook account and then one for Cochrane and Associates? Yeah, I actually do. I actually have one for the IEQ Video Network versus Cochrane and Associates. Okay, okay. And then I also have a, a, a blank one that is, well, I shouldn't say a blank one, that is indoor air quality, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, and really what I use them for a lot is posting press releases and posting the weekly videos that we produce at the IEQ Video Network. It's been a great tool for, for getting the message out on the videos. And, John, do you do the same thing? I mean, I, what I do is I try and keep my Facebook, my personal Facebook thing, personal you know to my my personal friends and then my linkedin obviously um, they my 
what I've decided to do is anybody that asks to be, I don't know, linked or whatever it is, I, I generally just say yes. I mean, I don't see any reason not to, but I'm wondering what you guys think about that. Well, I keep my personal Facebook page separate from my business uh, page, and I have quite a few um, people in my Rolodex, if you would, that you know are involved in both. Um, I think when, you know, going back to how to stay relevant in social media and, and why would you want to, in, in today's society, what I find as a consultant, people will try and find someone, and they're going to find your web page first, and that's going to be ranked on Google based on its relevance, its relevance specifically to Google. That relevance is going to be measured based on the amount of content that they can find relevant to you and your company. Social networking is how you can easily and quickly get that content booted up so you can get your page found. But once they find your page and they find you, they go right back to Google and they Google you. So I have people that decide to hire me based on personal recommendations as opposed to company recommendations or, or along with the personal recommendations because of what they find via social media. So it's, it's extremely important if you're a business to be relevant in social media so you can be found, and once you're found, so people can find out more about you. Paul, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, just two things. And I was actually just uh, reading this week uh, some articles about social media, and I found two things very interesting that they had in there. Um, one was it said 90% of companies do not respond to clients' questions or potential clients' questions that are posted on their Facebook page, which I found amazing. Um, where those numbers came from, exactly how accurate they are, you know, I don't know. But if, but that, that's a key point. You know, if if you have a Facebook page and you allow people to post questions and what have you on there, make sure you're actually paying attention to what people are putting on there so that you can respond to them. Because mm-hmm. I found that ninety percent number uh, startling. The other thing is that, it, and I can't remember what the statistic was, but it was in the teens or so of people. And I don't mean teens as an age group, but in the teens as in a percentage of people that have stopped following folks on social media because they found what they were posting became mundane and routine. They're basically rehashing the same thing over and over again. So, so I, I think that a good point to bring up is that to one, pay attention to what's on your social media so that you can respond to questions because those people can become customers. And the other is to, you know, don't rehash the same thing over and over and over again. Keep it fresh. That's a good point. I just saw today, I think I want to say USA today. I was traveling that, um, that a lot of Facebook people are losing friends by posting too much political stuff on their pages. And I, I saw that. I, I was, you know, once a week I get a notice from Facebook, you know, I don't know why, but I guess they just tell you somebody liked you or didn't like you or whatever. I don't know. And I go in on Sunday night and I look and see, and, and there's some people that are just constantly posting these, you know, political things up there. And I, I, I even thought about it, I'm like, ah, should I... I don't know if I don't know if I knew how I'd probably dislike him or whatever. The, but the or, problem or, is, or, once you get started, how do you stop? <laughs> it? I think that's one of the things that always scares me about these. Um, you know, it's in the South they have this term. It's called a tar baby, and it's sticky, and you can't get rid of it. And I think one of the things that can happen, you know, with these groups and with 
Facebook is some people just want attention. You know, they want to yeah. be noticed, and you know, you just can't get rid of them. So, in many situations, I'm afraid to just engage with them because you just don't want to get you just don't want to get caught up in it. You want to be pulled into it's, that. It's time yeah. consuming, and yeah. you know. Well, and and Paul, I'm, I'm curious now with the questions. I mean, um, do you encourage your company, the people that you do consulting for, to encourage questions on their like is it an open question to anybody that goes on their facebook page or is there a place to do it privately or how do you do that you know my personal opinion is that things should begin uh, being as transparent as possible so being open okay um uh, you know i think the free flow of communications in the end benefits everybody you know what cliff brought up there with the uh you know, issue of the crazies out there. I mean, anytime you're doing good marketing or PR, you're reaching a lot of people. And you can have the best product, service, message, whatever it is in the world. I can guarantee you the more people you hit, the more crazies you hit. So it's just, it's going to happen at some point. I mean, in the oh, past, hallelujah. you know, I used to try to, you know, argue my point that, hey, you know, that's not what we're saying. This is what we're saying. And here's why we're saying it, because this is what the CDC says and what have you. Um, you know, nowadays, I usually just, those people that you, you get the sense are crazy, I just ignore it. Okay. Cause we have, because we, they're looking for We've had that here on the show. Attention. You know, we'll, we'll get people texting in here, and we, we don't even, we just, we have to, we have a little control over it. We can delete it from time to time. But, yeah, I understand what you're saying there. Yeah. I'd like to know, you know, it, uh, really it's a three-part question. What's a blog? Who should blog? And how do I get people to read what I say on my blog? Is that for me or for John? I don't care. Awesome. <laughs> well, I'll start out briefly, um, and I'll use uh, uh, the Florida law as a, an example of who should blog and how do we get it out. Um, you know, Florida passed a law that you have to be licensed for re remediation um, and mold assessment, um, and that was something that I was in, fa uh, in favor of. And to get the message out, we blogged about it. Um, and then to get that blog viewed, we use social media to distribute the blogs. And we blogged often, we blogged relevant, and as people were looking for information about the Florida law, because we blogged about it and because we use social media to saturate the market, you could not Google the Florida mold law without finding our blog and getting our opinion on it. So we help use our blog to educate people and our opinion of the need for the licensing law. John, uh, I love what you just said there. Uh, you, know, you, you use the blog for something, whether it's, you know, it was talk about the law there or whether it was to promote something or what have you, and you didn't just write about it in your blog and that was it. You basically promoted your promotion using other social media, and that is what I preach to people all the time. Uh, you know, today, in today's market, I mean, we are so saturated with messages that you cannot just create a great message about whatever it is and put it out there and think people are going to see it. You have to promote your promotion. And I, I, I think you're doing a great job there, John. Thank you. Well, we, maybe we need to Does do that answer your question, Cliff? I think it does. No, I thought it was a great yeah. answer. And I guess on the next one with this tweeting, does the small number of characters really allow an author to get a good message across. Yeah, for those that don't know, I guess, what is it, 28 or 35? I don't know how many characters you can tweet. <laughs> Val doesn't tweet. Val goes, I don't tweet. I, I, like I don't tweet. Or 140, whatever. No, I, I tweet. Um, 
I'm not sure what the amount is, but I think it's a pretty brilliant um, approach to social media. I think it forces you to cut to the chase, make your point, and do it as best as you can and be as brief as you can. I love the fact that I don't have to listen to somebody ramble and I can just get to their point. Hmm. Yeah, and, and to add to what John's saying there, what, what, also, what, what also is great about uh, Twitter is, although it's a short place, I mean, hey, it's a great place to, like he mentioned before with the blog, you know, you go in there and you, you know, use some catchy headline there about what you just put in the blog and you have a link back to your blog there on Twitter. So, it, you know, I use it all the time for links to press releases, links to videos, links to things on websites, what have you. Um, it's a great place to just put a real short little phrase there and a link to something else for more information. You guys are killing yep. me. Today, <laughs> it's one yeah, more at thing. Uh, 11.30, my tweet said, uh, I think it was 11.30, it said, time for IAQ Radio, and it was a link to IAQ Radio. I do that weekly because there are people that will get caught up in their daily activities, and all of a sudden, here comes a quick message with a link to IAQ Radio. So, you know, bam, a little tweet was a potent and direct message that it's time for IAQ Radio. Follow this link, and let's, let's see what's going on. Okay. All right. Now I got more work ahead of me. I see. I got to start the tweeting thing next. <laughs> you guys are killing me here. You know. But that, I, I appreciate I'll tweet it. About you later. That's why we're doing the show. You know. I mean, I, I I've got to get up with these kids. I mean, Cliff and I are. You know, we're, we're not kids anymore. Right we got. Know you know, we got Roxy V here. But uh, you know, it's just it's tough. You got to keep up with all these things. I try, but gee, it, it's just brutal at times you know i mean you just i just you got know, the Joe, chat room of thing with done. a lot of the <laughs> messages that you want to get out there on social media you know you can do the same one the same message you know maybe you have to shorten it in, in some way but for twitter and for facebook and for linkedin and for all the other social medias out there you don't have to come up with something new for each one of those so so it granted yes you have to be creative and you have to come up with a message but you don't have to come up with separate messages for all of these major social media tools. And, and is there a way to tie them all together so that I just do it once? Yes. Okay. okay. There are programs that will allow you to to use the Twitter format so you keep it brief but we'll post the Twitter uh tweet to all of your other social media if you want. Okay. All so, right. yeah, you can make a single post and have it hit Facebook, MySpace, LinkedIn, Twitter, all at once. Oh, goodness. All right, I guess I'm tweeting next. I've got one. I mean, I just haven't used it, but twice, I think, and uh, that's next. All right. <laughs> you guys are killing me here. All right, but I agree. I mean, I gotta, you, you got to do what you got to do, you know? I mean, it's just oh, I long for the day sometimes of a telephone and a letter, but <laughs> a fax machine. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we have to do we have to pay some bills here. We're gonna take our halftime break. I'll be yeah, right back. We'll be right up. back. Thanks again. Thanks to our association sponsors, the National Air Duct Cleaners Association, NADCA, is the leading authority for information on HVAC inspection, cleaning, and restoration. Visit NADCA at www.nadca.com. 
the Indoor Air Quality Association, IAQA, a nonprofit multidisciplinary organization dedicated to promoting the exchange of indoor environmental information through education and research. Visit them at www.iaqa.org. And thanks to our advertisers, Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions, who use advanced sensor software technology and embedded computers to provide superior environmental test instrumentation. Visit them at wolfsense.com. Legends Environmental Insurance Services, the experts in insurance for environmental consultants and contractors for over 20 years. Learn about them at legends-enviro.com. And, of course, our marquee sponsors. Net Claims Now, providing insurance billing services for the restoration industry. For fire, water, mold, and reconstruction billing, learn more about them at www.netclaimsnow.com. Indoor Environment Connections, the newspaper for the IAQ industry. Subscriptions and advertising information are available at ieconnections.com. John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at www.johndon.com. Clean Facts and Cleaning and Maintenance Management Magazine, your source for cleaning and maintenance news. Visit them at clean, C-L-E-A-N-F-A-X.com and cmmonline.com. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IEQ Radio. When you ask about their products and services. All right. Are we unmuted? All right. Sorry about that. Uh, a little technical glitch. All right, gentlemen, do we have you back? Paul Cochran yeah, and John Lapoter with the second half of our tweeting, Twittering, Facebooking, LinkedIn, right. Right. I, blogging. I have a, a two-part question. The first part's pretty simple. Uh, did both of you, or, or both of you self-taught, or did you take a course or hire a consultant or do something online in order to learn how to do this? So that's my first part. Well, this is Paul. Uh, you know, I'm completely self-taught, as I think are probably 90% plus of the people that use social media out there, probably higher than 90%. Okay. John? John? Yep. Same thing for me. Um, I've just, uh, you know, worked through the issues and discovered as I went along. It's not like you guys are kids. I mean, you're 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 not that much younger than well me. Cliff's a little older, but <laughs> well, I guess what, what, what the second I'll be twenty eight next Friday. Right. <laughs> uh, the, 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 I guess the second part of my question is: What's the fastest way for someone who isn't computer savvy and wants to get into social media to do it? Good one. I mean, if you if you know how to use a computer, you know how to turn it on, you know how to get onto the internet, you know how. I mean, you have the basics to get onto social media and to start. It doesn't mean you're going to be a pro at it. Doesn't mean you're going to know it, everything you need to know. But but I mean, it's most of them are quite user friendly. Um, you know, it, I would say it takes a matter of five minutes max for most of them to sign up and register to get your free account. Um, you know, there are little bits and pieces you can learn as you go, but you don't need to be, if you're not using it, one, don't be intimidated by it. Uh, you know, if you want, simply get on there, register, get an account, and just kind of observe for a while um, until you're comfortable. But, I mean, most of them, you know, if I had somebody sitting here next to me and they wanted to know about any of the major social media 
venues that I'm involved with, I feel that I could have them fairly comfortable within five to ten minutes of sitting next to me next by the computer. John? Yeah. Anything you want to add? I think uh, the most important part uh, about social media is that it's all free. That's uh, the first thing is the only thing that you have to give up is your time. And you can start by doing that in your evenings, you know, in any of your spare time. Um, But from Facebook to LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, um, WordPress, all of these things can be started, like Paul said, right away, very easily, very basic understanding of of computers, and you're in. Uh, Something uh, as simple as Pinterest, you're simply liking things and creating a bulletin board, and if you use it professionally, you can like things that are associated with um, with your industry. And all of that's a start because the more you use social media, the more relevant you become and the higher your website's going to rank. Oh, wait, what so was that social called? Social media is very necessary. Pinterest? Pinterest? <laughs> Pinterest. Can you spell that one for me, John? I have to make a note here, I guess. <laughs> yeah, P-I-N-T-E-R-E-S-T. Pinterest. Okay. Oh, I see. It's like okay. interest. But with a P. On the front yeah, of it. Yeah, I guess. Right. All right. Is that an up-and-coming one? I, I'm not familiar with that one. I would say it's an up-and-comer. Um, oh. If you go to Pinterest um, and type in uh, IAQ, um, it's interesting to see what you would find. Um, I think you probably find yourself up there. Okay. <laughs> We're out there somewhere, huh? Um, Paul, do you use that one? Yep. Okay. You know, I don't. It, there's so many of these up-and-coming ones. Um you know, I have done a little research on that in the past, and I know I think last year they grew by something like 4,000%, but I still think the total number of users for them is, I believe it's under 10 million, whereas with some of the other, you know, more well-known social media, you know, Twitter's, I think, over 200 million. I think LinkedIn up is over 175 million, and as we talked about earlier, Facebook's over a billion users. So it, it's definitely one of the up-and-coming ones that's gotten a lot of people's attention, um, and I, I think we're going to see more of it. Let me let me ask you this, Paul. You and John, both of you, we'll, we'll go one at a time. But let's start with you, Paul, on this one. You know, a lot of our clients and our listeners—they're you know—they're disaster restoration guys. They may or may not be um, you know savvy to all this computer stuff, and and they're interested, and they're they're usually very uh, proactive. They go out and they you know. They do a good job of marketing their stuff. They've gone from the phone book to the, you guys mentioned, um, oh, what's that one, uh, Angie's, li- Angie's List, and they've got all these other things, and they, they move along pretty well. But for those working on getting into these newer social media things, what are the key mistakes to try to avoid when, when you start one of these, Paul? Well, you know, I think certainly keep in mind that, number one, anything you post to your social media um, is going to be viewed by anybody that follows you or that has access to it. So, number one, uh, you know, <laughs> be accurate with what you post. Um, you know, we had the little side conversation earlier about, you know, people posting more from a personal standpoint, you know, political things and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, keep those types of things as far away from your business social media as possible, unless you want to offend 50% of the population. Um, so, you know, you keep say? it professional and, you know, I would keep the jokes out of there. I'd keep politics out of there. I'd keep religious out of there, religion out of there. You know, all the things that you don't typically talk about over dinner conversation. Now, what about, um, let me, you you brought a question to my mind. I know that on Facebook I can, like, either have a public, let anybody look at anything, 
or I can keep it private. Is the same true with um, LinkedIn and Twitter and, and something? Well, I know Twitter, you have to, I guess you have to um, accept someone as a follower, but then if somebody else links to you, can they still look at your stuff? With uh, with Twitter, is that what? Yeah, sorry. well, let's do Twitter and then we'll do LinkedIn. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with with Twitter, obviously, someone has to follow you, um, and the same is with LinkedIn. I, I can't remember if they use the term "follow" or if it's another term, but you know, like for myself, you know, I granted I follow a lot of people, and a lot of people follow me. But to be honest, I use LinkedIn primarily for the groups. That's where I get you know my biggest bang for the buck. Okay. Um, so anything, of course, you post to a group, anyone that belongs to that group uh, has access to it. They have to belong to that group. Then they get access to it. Now, what about your general profile on LinkedIn? I think anybody can see that, can't they? I believe so. I don't John, do you know? John? Yeah. Um, two things. Well, your profile can be as uh, private as you want it to be. You can share as much information as you want. You can share none. But groups are the same way. You can you can create a group that's open to only group members, but you can also create a group that's called an open group where any of the discussions can be followed by anybody, even if they're not a group member. Okay. Um, and what that does is it helps make the content of the group um, more searchable, more relevant, and, and people can find it by doing a Google search. Um, a closed group, it's just a chatter between the group members. So they're trying to encourage more of the groups to become open groups, but um, you still, when it comes to social media, you have to remember that uh, everything you put out there is permanently put out there. So, you know, back in the day, we used to say, you know, dress the way you want people to think of you, because that impression is what they're going to remember. Well, in social media, that impression stays forever. You can't go back and erase some of these things that you say and do. Um, people are being uh, not hired and, in some cases, fired for what happens in social media. So it's something that you have to be very aware of. Hmm. Cliff, did you? No, I'm good. Okay. All right. Now, I want to ask a quick question. Um, John, you've mentioned a few times, and now I'm, I can't think of the name of it. It's the blog roll thing. Uh, what, what did you call that? And you can do a website on there, and you can do a blog on there. What's that one called again? Cliff Trent WordPress. WordPress. That's WordPress. it. Can you explain a little bit more about WordPress for listeners? Do you have yeah, a WordPress? What uh, is your website WordPress? No. Okay. No, my work. My, my website is separate, but I do have a a WordPress blog, and essentially the WordPress blog is not that unlike a, a lot of you know websites. You can go to WordPress and start your own. Um, website from scratch. They make it very easy to plug and play different aspects. Uh, if you have a blog there, it's another dimension of searchability for your data. So if you're making statements and you're posting blogs, um, for example, if you're reviewing a different product um, relevant to your industry, you can say, you know, give your opinion about that in your blog. Um, and it goes into the Google world for great searchability. And again, more relevance to yourself and your webpage. Now, is that free? Mine is free. Yes. The WordPress mm -hmm. blogs are free. So, Cliff, we need to get your blog yep. on WordPress, I guess, because right now it's just on our website. And, and Val, you and I can work on that next week. Um, Paul, any any um, additional comments on the whole WordPress thing? 
Well, you know, I would just say, you know, in blogging in general, in my opinion, is one of the best tools for increasing your website's organic search engine optimization. Blog, blogs are a great tool for that. Okay. And that means that essentially if somebody tries to Google you, the more you are um, active in these different uh, arenas, the more likely they are to find you higher up on the list. Is that accurate to say? It is. I mean, because basically the more you're doing these things, uh, the more relevant content you're likely to have based upon what you know people are doing searches. Question. Uh, so it's, it's a great tool for developing content. Well, let's say we already have this content. I've written 200-plus blogs. Can I put them all up? I mean, is there – do I have to start today, or can we go back and post all the previous blogs? I mean, you, you could go copy and paste, post anything. Okay. okay. Yeah, you can post it, but what you're going to end up with, Cliff, is, is you're going to end up with a post date. Okay. So the date that you post that blog, even if it's your you know back issues – you would those would all show up as today's date. So your your relevance would start from the day you start. You okay. can't you can't back that up. Okay. Um, although I'd like to. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it's just you would have to put an archive in there of all of the previous stuff prior to your date. Right. And then your blog will start to gain relevance um, from the day you start using the blog and start posting on a regular basis. Okay. You know we haven't even touched yet. YouTube and podcasts. I mean, Cliff and I are somewhat familiar with podcasts, at least. I, I mean, so, yeah, yeah we, we do one for 259 weeks now, but I, I but, know but we're we still making... Do, we can't do it ourselves. <laughs> we can't do it ourselves. We have that bad for us. <laughs> but, and, and I'm sure we're not doing everything we could be with this, you know, but I kind of feel like I'm of the school of, you know what, put it up, get it up there, get it out, and if it's worth listening to, people will find their way to you eventually, but I know that's partially wrong that I should be promoting it better, and we'll, we'll talk about that separately. That's our own problem. What I'd like to talk about quickly is YouTube, because that's kind of a social media type thing as well, and I know, Paul, you, you've done a great job of making excellent use of YouTube with your IAQ TV, I believe it is, uh, or yeah, IAQ TV um, presentations. Can you talk to us a little bit about YouTube and, and how you recommend your clients get use out of the YouTube? You bet. Um, number one, in my personal opinion, you know, online videos is one of the fastest growing segments of, uh, you know, of what you can do out there on the internet to promote your your product, your service, or your association, or what have you. Um, you know, they always, the old saying, what a picture's worth a thousand words, well, then a video's worth 10,000 or 100,000. Um, you know, we're all bombarded by so many messages every day that, you know, let's say I, I want to learn about, you know, your company, and I go to your website, and you have tons of great content on there, but you know what, I've been reading all day long, I've been bombarded by messages, I'm lazy, I don't want to read all that stuff, but if I can click a little button, you can give me a two-minute message about who you are and what you're about, I'm much more likely to, to watch that than I am to read a whole page of text. So it's just it's a great way of, of getting your message out there. And what I would tell the, the folks out there is, you know, hey, if you're going to go develop a video, keep it short. Obviously put it on your company website. Promote it on your other social media uh, venues out there. But make sure you have it posted to YouTube because if you have it on YouTube and you have it on your website and you track where the hits are going to come from, I can guarantee you 85, 90% of the hits are going to come directly to YouTube versus coming through on your website. Hmm. 
Val, do you have a question? Yeah, I, mean, I had a question. I logged into my YouTube account the other day, and I saw there was an option for profit sharing or, or something like that with, with YouTube. Um, is that, do you know, is that where, you know, you offer one of their commercials at the beginning of your video? Yeah, you know, I myself, you know, through the IEQ Video Network, we've been doing for a couple of years now these weekly, you know, two to three minute short, uh, I call them public outreach videos on various environmental and indoor air quality type topics. And I started beginning of this year to allow them to do advertising on the videos. You can control, first of all, types of advertising that comes up that will appear. For example, if there are, you don't want, you know, online dating type things showing up, you can keep those types of ads from appearing on your video. And you can also control where and when those ads will appear. And basically what happens is the more people that watch those, particularly that click on those, the more revenue you make off of uh, your videos that are out there. Is that a, are they a video on your video, or are they a little it's like, like brief ad? Like, a little, like when you, you can, you can. Ad. There's different things you can have it before your video starts. There could be a to ten second uh, commercial basically that comes up, and after four or five seconds, you can click a button if you don't want to watch any more of it, or it'll be a little uh, 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 subheader. Uh, advertisement that will show up on the bottom. So you okay. have a choice. You don't have to allow them to do that. Well, at least they'll um, let you off that. I, I, I that drives you, me crazy. Talking yeah. about the 85 to 95%, I, I, if, if I get that ad on there, boom, I'm gone. Yeah, yeah, it I, kills I don't me. Want to, I don't want to deal with but it. But if you can stop it, I'd do it. You know, like if you go to one of these news sites and they, they play these 30-second commercials yeah, before you get to see what you want, that drives me crazy. But I could see if you could stop it, that would be nice. And if you're interested yeah, in it, Four or five seconds. I, I don't think that's too obtrusive. No, think, no, that's not too bad. I don't right. think. Hey, let's let's we're we're running a little low, but I, I want to get Doctor Wow on. I, this is not his subject, obviously, but he always has opinion. some interesting opinion on things, and we love to have <laughs> Dieter come in and say hello. So let's let's get Dieter in here and, and see what he has to say. You got. Okay, Dieter, have at it. I have some, uh, <laughs> some, some thoughts and some comments, and uh, I know I'm giving away my age now, but I'm well aware that the Internet and these iPods and whatever the other things are called, uh, um, tablets and what have you, I still have a phone. I make miraculously, I blocked everything on it, I make phone calls with it. <laughs> I'm going to go on a meet to a meeting and I'm stuck in traffic. I said, hey guys, I will be a little bit late. And my uh, conversations last about between 10 and 20 seconds. But uh, I'm using the internet and uh, the, the one big question I always have, who puts all that stuff on there? It's unbelievable. Now, I have a ton of things that I could put on there. I don't even know how to do it, so it never ever will be there. But I kind of raised an eyebrow when I talked to people. They said, oh, I have 250 friends on uh, Facebook. I said, well, I, <clears throat> I don't have that many friends. I have maybe 10, maybe 15. <laughs> <laughs> and I meet them here and there. Uh, that's fine. I think advertising uh, uh, may be good. I don't think I need it for what I am doing, um, consulting work, um, now, if I were to do oil changes or sell potatoes, I think that that would be, you know, that would be something that people would be interested in and would be looking at. But um, 
And if you were just getting started maybe as a consultant, you know, and, and you didn't have the client base you have now and the reputation you have now, I guess it, it could be helpful, Dieter, don't you think? Uh, well, I, I, I'm pretty sure it will be, yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't have a website, and I don't think I will need one. I have enough jobs the way it is right now. Like you said, I have a, a base, and I have a couple of people who call me, and I'm retired, and... Uh, I'm older than Cliff, so I'm the oldest one here. But you are pretty computer savvy, dear. I mean, you know, I mean, compared to my mother, for instance, who's never used a computer in her life, I can't even talk her into. I'm trying to get her to at least buy a pad well, or a tablet. Well, I was into computers when I programmed in machine language in 1962 or three or something like that. And then I lost complete interest. I wrote my own. Oh my God, what the. We didn't call them spreadsheets. We, I called them the class roster, which is basically, you know, you have the names and the grades, and you add it up over there, and uh, you get a final grade out of it. I wrote those programs. Today, you buy it on a CD. I never, ever will figure out why I need 15 gigabytes to run, uh, 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 what is that called here, Mr. Gates, the word, yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Dieter. Just to, you know, you've been around a long time. You've, you know, since I remember having you tell stories about when you were a little kid about the end of World War II, and you've seen the evolution of all of this stuff. And um, for those of us that are, I don't, you know, a little younger than that, and then the the real young folks. I mean, they seem to take all this change pretty much in stride. Like, you know, it's really not multiplying that fast. Does, yeah. Do you get that impression? or? Uh, well, yes, I do. And I see a couple of negative uh, impulses and uh, 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 that I, you know, I go to a restaurant and a young couple comes in. Of course, everybody has to have that damn iPhone in their hand. Mm -hmm. They sit down on the table. They don't even look at each other. And they turn that thing on and they go boop, 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 and they're doing something. I'm texting. How are you? Oh, I am fine. How are you? Oh, I am fine. What are you doing? And of course, this is all abbreviated now. Uh, you is spelled you. <laughs> and... Uh, R is not A-R-E anymore, that is enough. Hey, that's the way I talk. Well, you know, but, yeah. you bring up a good point. I, I think if I could add anything to this conversation, I know I can't add a lot, but I have been podcasting for a long time now, and then we have a couple of, we have a little Twitter thing we don't use, and we have a Facebook, and we have a, a LinkedIn. I, I would caution people personally, and I'd like to get Paul and, um, and John's uh, opinion on this. Um, I would caution people about the addictive nature of being involved with some of these chat rooms and groups and Twitters and tweets and then, you know, and LinkedIn's and so on and so forth. I have found myself wasting time from time to time reading these posts and responding back to these posts and, and just really spinning my wheels. I don't know. Paul, would you agree, John? Yeah, I mean, I would say, uh, you know, there's a, a use for all of these, and there's a overuse and a potential abuse. So uh, use it, don't abuse it. Okay. John? Yeah, absolutely. It's easy to get caught up in, in doing nothing but sitting in front of the computer and uh, participating in some of these, these groups and these chat rooms. 
But, uh, yeah, definitely moderation is always best. Yeah. Uh, I wait. I wasted quite some time in chat rooms. I said, why the heck am I doing this? <laughs> well, and it, sometimes it's so damn frustrating. You try and, and enlighten some of these, I don't know, I shouldn't say enlighten. You try and and spread a little bit of knowledge and education. I mean, we pick up a lot of things on this show, and you, you try and, and help some people understand that, you know, maybe they're, like, stuck in, you know, an old version of... You know, I, I, this guy drives me crazy with his ozone machines. He's saving everybody's life with ozone machines. And you, you just can't. You, you can't. I, I, I'm wasting my time trying to get this guy to change his mind on the things. You know, and, well, I think what drives me crazy is similar to that. Is these people go to a class and then they just regurgitate and they parrot the same stuff yep. over and over and over again. And I think everyone that reads it knows it already. But you know, it's. I don't know, it's like a badge of honor. Oh, it drives you crazy. But on the other hand, I'm thinking to myself, but all these other people on this group are seeing him post this, especially the newer people into the industry seeing these posts. And if somebody doesn't come on and say, no, wait a minute, the the science right now indicates that that's just hogwash, you know? And and I feel like this responsibility, and I've got to learn to quit doing that, I guess. I don't know. It drives me crazy. John, you know what I'm talking about, too. I know you've been there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's hard not to want to just drive over to the guy's house and say, hey, let me explain it a little bit slower. And I brought some pictures. <laughs> I'm telling you, it just, uh, yeah, the same thing happened to me. I uh, when I was courageous, I uh, I uh, uh, testified in schools and mold issues and asbestos issues. And I gave them, you know, what I knew and that I had. Uh, 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 studied for years and years and years and I said look this is what what we are talking about and over here and I give a nice presentation for a period of 10 to 15 minutes and there is always somebody sitting in the first row who gets up and I said Dr. Lyle is a liar he has no idea what he is talking about I was yesterday on the internet, and what he is saying is absolutely wrong. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I'm sitting there. I don't do this anymore. <laughs> I said, get somebody else. Yeah. you got to take it all with a grain. You, know, you have to really filter a lot of this stuff on the internet. It's just, it's a shame. But you, I'll tell you, I have learned a lot. In some of these chat rooms and and the LinkedIn groups, no, 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 no. Yeah. I mean they're great. You know, we just oh Al Gore, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me ask one quick one before we go, um, Paul. I, um, I I'd like to differentiate and, and kind of caution people with these LinkedIn groups. You know, like we do the IAQ radio announcement, you do the the video network thing, but. Um, some people will come in and go, oh, this is a great way to spread the word about my uh, class coming up or my uh, new product coming out or, or I'm going to try and sell my uh, fancy new ozone generator, whatever it is on, on these groups. And that gets real irritating for people quick. I guess there's a separate area you can go in for um, announcements or something like that. Can you just comment on that real quick, Paul? Yeah, you know, and I, I know exactly what you're getting at. And, and as somebody that, you know, helps companies do marketing and public relations, you know, I sometimes myself even walk a fine line between, hey, am I going to post this here or not? You know, is this too commercial and what have you? You know, the way I justify it with when I post, for example, the IQ Video Network videos is, you know, hey, there's two minutes of educational content there. It's geared, granted, towards the public, so it's not 
you know, a bunch of statistics and facts and what have you, but it's based on documents from NIOSH, CDC, EPA. I always do that because I, that's my backup when someone says, hey, this isn't correct. Um, and, you know, so I justify it by thinking, hey, there is an educational content to this. There is at the very end of the video promotions for associations, certifying bodies and companies, but you don't have to watch the end of it if you don't want to. Right. And it's free. Um, it's not like you're selling it. Go ahead, Joe. I was just going to say, and it's free. It's not like you're selling it. And if people don't want to look at it, they can just pass it up. They don't have to click on the link. you know. So I yeah, I hear you. But on the other hand, you do have to be careful. Some people get really upset about that. And, John, and I didn't mean to cut you off, Paul. Did you have anything else to add on that? No, I, I think, you know, you just, you got to use your best judgment. I mean, when I do these videos, for example, you know, I belong to like 30 different groups. If I do a video on industrial hygiene topic, I'm probably not going to post that to an infection control group. Whereas if I do a video on a, some type of microbial pathogen, yes, I am going to post that to an infection control group. Okay. So, you know, and use, I, use good judgment. I also want to um, kind of smack myself down a little bit. I mean, I, I mentioned a particular... Uh, uh, moderator on a group. I didn't say his name or anything. I'd like to. Um, who, who threw me out of a group for telling him that you know he had slandered someone I, I like a great deal and respect a great deal, and he had actually because he was able to. He was able to put whatever he wanted on there and say whatever he wanted, and then you point it out to him, and he, instead of saying, "Oh well, maybe I made a mistake," doubled down on it, and then you know it kind of escalates. So I would caution people. Don't get into that escalating kind of situation. I've had it. I've done it myself. It's a mistake. But, John, as someone who moderates these groups, I, I have to give those out there doing this moderation some credit because it's not an easy job, is it? No. You'll find yourself in the middle of uh, a dust-up a lot with, of course, some very strong type A personalities. Um, people have the ability to flag anything in a group as either a promotion or a job. So the selfless and relentless promoters of their products and, and programs um, get flagged. They get moved to the promotions area. Um, if they're posting a job, it gets moved to the job area. And some people flag other people for other reasons. Uh, content, um, opinions, and those flags are taken very personally by some people, and people will ask you to clear a flag or to uh, delete comments. It's, it can be a very difficult situation. But like I said, the easiest way to combat that is to not moderate a group on your own, but to moderate a group with several people that may not be like-minded. Yeah. You don't have to have everybody think the same as you to be fair. It's nice to listen to all sides of it, so get several people involved in moderating the group, and then when something is up for discussion, then those moderators can decide how to handle it amongst themselves. I think that's great advice. Let me. I have one last one. I'll let Cliff and Val finish it up here. Um, Paul, I... I'm on that LinkedIn, and I, I don't know. I've got uh, what seems to me like a lot of people, I don't know whether they're, um, I guess they're friends. You know, they're they're part of my group. And there's, what, what do you call them? Connections. Connections, thank mm -hmm. you. Um, and I have a lot of these connections, but I rarely post anything out to all of my connections. Do you recommend that people do that? Is there a way of doing that? I, I don't know. I don't think I'm making the best use of that. I mean, for example, the way I do things with LinkedIn is if I have, for example, uh, 
yesterday I released a press release that I would be on your show today talking. So I, I did a press release. I took the title and the hyperlink to that, and I posted that um, on my LinkedIn account. And then I went and posted on some indoor air quality-related groups. So, you know, I, I didn't just post it on the group. I also posted it there on, on my account as an individual. So, you know, and, and again, that was a quick way to, to get messages out to a lot of people. You know, but I just copied and pasted a title in a, in a hyperlink. Does that if they're go? interested by reading the title, they can click it and, and read more. When, when you put that on your homepage or whatever it is on LinkedIn, that doesn't automatically go out. It, it, people have to actually go to your page and look at it, right? Correct. Uh, at least that, that, that's my understanding. There is a way that you can send out information to people that are you know, following you on LinkedIn, but I myself don't do that. Now, am I following someone if I ask them to be my friend or my connection or whatever it is on LinkedIn? Or, or is that, do you have to actually like go, I follow that person, and then everything they click, you actually get a, an email on or something? John, um, do you know? I think... Go, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Paul. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you're, you, you follow different aspects. You can follow an individual, which means you would be following all of the posts that that individual makes. But most of the time, you would be following an individual within a, a group and a thread. Okay. okay. Um, otherwise, it can become a little bit overwhelming. Um, I don't like to post a lot of things on LinkedIn, and I don't like to follow a lot of people, but I do like to follow topics in a chat group. Um, so I get the updates on the banter back and forth. Um, if someone's thrown a flag on the play, if you will, in a chat group that I'm managing, I'll automatically follow that chat to watch the threads and see what's going on. Um, but the rest of the time, um, I try and let it just run in the background, if you will, and I use LinkedIn as a giant professional Rolodex. Beautiful. That, that is, I think that's a great... Um use of it it is a great giant professional rolodex and i have people contacting me from 12 years ago now that i've kind of lost touch with and i'll get these you know linkedin emails saying hey you know i, I find you on linkedin i haven't talked to you in a while are you still doing the the indoor air quality stuff and, and, and it's been nice I, I i do like that let me let uh, cliff get one final one in here and then val always has a final question and uh, we're gonna wrap it up well, no, I, th I think what I was going to do is just ask them if there's anything that, you know, that they would like to add, um, you know, that we didn't cover. No, I would just say to any of the listeners out there, if you've been thinking about using social media to promote your, your company or, or your organization, uh, start today. Great advice. Yeah, I, I was going to see if we had some time to kick around the uh, topic of something called the Pittsburgh protocol <laughs> <laughs> oh we have all the time uh, boy oh boy that's the group i got thrown off yeah, i think right. <laughs> <laughs> okay john thanks for that little jab buddy but we appreciate it if anybody's interested in the pittsburgh protocol google it it's uh it's a great protocol actually it was a little bit of uh uh, it was an interesting uh, thread, but but that is why we do these things. I mean, I think a lot of people learned a lot of things from that. And there's another one on right now, if you get a chance to get on LinkedIn, and I know you will appreciate this, Cliff. Scott Armour has been, he's part of the, I think he might be the chair, the co-chair of the S520 Revisions Committee, which is the mold standard. And he has been querying people and asking for any information people can send him on the use of misting during uh, mold remediation and whether or not there's actually any research that says you should or you shouldn't do it. And it's been an interesting thread. So 
I thought I'd throw that one yeah, out unfortunately, there. Unfortunately, the, the biggest proponent of that passed away was Mike O'Reilly. He was a big yep. proponent yep. of and it didn't even have to be an antimicrobial. It was just a carryover from how well it worked on asbestos. And you know, he was just a really, really big believer in that. But. All right. Well, Val, anything you wanted to add? Uh, yeah, we were wondering um, if you could provide your contact info for listeners, Paul and John. Great idea. Yeah, are you looking for uh, email, web, phone? the website. Let's give them the website one time, Paul, because I think you've got, what is it, IAQ video? Go, go ahead, you do it. it it's the uh, www.iaqtv.com is for the IAQ Video Network. And I apologize, my, my Cochrane & Associates is CochraneAssos.com, which is C-O-C-H-R-A-N-E-A-S-S-O-C.com. Biggest marketing blunder I ever did was choosing that for a web domain. Really? <laughs> what would you do different? Mine. I'm sorry, John. Uh, make it short, short and sweet. Make it short and sweet. Okay. All right. John, go for it. My uh, website is FloridaIAQ.com. And you can either spell out Florida or just uh, the letters FLIAQ.com. Cool. And that'll get you to us. Awesome. Awesome. That'll get your contact information, and please wish uh, give give little Lydia our uh, our thoughts and prayers are with her, and I hope she's feeling better. I know we talked earlier about it, and I, I think about her every time I teach the health and safety section. And uh, you know, we we appreciate you guys both joining us today. Um, been a great conversation. I hope to have you both back again in the in the near future, because I think we'll get a lot of uh, comments on this one. And we may do a show on the Pittsburgh Proto. There you go. <laughs> we'll get you into that, John. All right, gentlemen. Thanks again for joining us, Paul Cochran and John Lapoter. Great show on social media. Much appreciated. I also want to thank the Z Man. Pleasure. Back in the studio C. It's been fun here in the studio C. Val Roxy V. Good yep. job once yeah, again. Yeah. That was really glitch-free. Nice job. Uh, yeah. You're amazing yeah, sometimes. Uh, of course, I want to thank Dr. Dietrich Wild. Dieter, thanks for joining us. Oh, he got muted. I'm sorry. And, uh, of course, also want to make sure we thank our growing group of loyal listeners. A nice little group on here today. And we look forward to having everyone back next week for the next episode of IAQ Radio. Rise up this morning. has been another IAQ Radio production. 